Welcome back to Friends Like Us. Marina Franklin here, your host. I am hoping you are having a happy holiday. I will be headlining at the City Winery on December 16th at 7.30 p.m. Go to the citywinerynyc.com and get your tickets. Go to marinafranklin.com as well for those tickets. Also featuring, yes, you've heard her on the show, Onika McLean. This week on Friends, welcome back returning friend, Jenny Saldana. Jenny is an award-winning playwright, actor, comedian. She's also a 17-year breast cancer survivor and advocate. Jenny published her first book, Master First Dater, Second to None, available now on Amazon. Wrap it up. Wonderful gift to give someone underneath the Christmas tree. Also welcome new friend to the show, old friend of mine. I've known him forever, Jason Andors. He's another guy for the month. Jason Andors has appeared on HBO's Bad Boys of Comedy, Showtime's White Boys in the Hood, Showtime at the Apollo, BET's Comic View, and many more. He's one of the principal actors in a Dominican film that just came out called La Soga 3, and he recently won a Latino award at the Latino Premios for TikToker of the Year for going viral on social media as a Dominican character named El Tigre Vacano. The character has been seen on Dominicana's Got Talent. He's also been written up in the popular newspaper, El Diario Libra. This year, he was finally able to make one of his dreams come true and start his foundation in the Dominican Republic for kids in need called Fondation Jason Andor's Jaja. You can hear us on Google Podcasts now, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts. Review and rate us on Apple Podcasts. Subscribe. Make sure you turn on the auto download function for friends like us on Apple Podcasts. You can email us at friendslikeuspodcast at gmail. Instagram is friendslikeuspodcast and Twitter is friendslikeus10. Become more than a friend. Leave us a tip or donation by going to our Patreon page. Go to Patreon backslash friendslikeus. Special shout out to our Patreon friends. It's because of you we keep going. And now for our golden friends, you have the option to watch our recordings live backstage. We record every Monday. Go to Patreon backslash friendslikeus and be golden. Merch is available. We have t-shirts, hoodies. Get your hoodies for the holiday season. Coffee mugs, face masks, and tank tops. They're all available. Just go to marinafranklin.com. Saturdays on my YouTube channel, I go live with my wacky friend, Dave Juskow. Check it out. Go to my YouTube channel. We give updates to the show. We shout out fans like Paul Sullivan, who leaves us reviews. And we have surprise guest friends from the podcast stop by. And sometimes we offer free stuff, like tickets to comedy shows. With friends like us, it will help you feel not so alone because more content, it's on the way. Tell a friend you know to check us out. Stay safe, wash those dirty little hands, be nice, and Black Lives Matter. I've got two Dominican friends, not really, but one is really Dominican, and she's Jenny. She's also a comedian. She's got a solo show about dating assholes. <laughs> and Jason Andors, he's also a good friend. He is new to the show, very funny, and he performs in the Dominican Republic as... El Tiego, uh, something he'll he'll clear it up for you now. Yeah, welcome. 
I fully thought you wrote the song. I was I impressed until the, my name was totally destroyed. I, I, was like, like, oh, that was improv. <laughs> I just felt like we were a 70s ethnic sitcom and that was the intro to it. Like the spinoff to, to Good Time from the Harlem Projects. <laughs> Yeah, we need that, I, don't, yeah. don't you? I was miss actually when you said there's only one real Dominican here. I was so sure. This is how much I go to the Dominican Republic. I was so sure you're going to say, and that's Jason Andor. <laughs> like, that's how delusional I am. Who that step over here? What What is the character's name that you play in the Dominican Republic? <laughs> oh, oh yes, go ahead. Because I'm a fan of El Tigre, right. El Tigre Bacano. <laughs> Yeah, I would have never gotten that. Right. That's my real uh, nickname. My real name in DR is Miguel Gomez, but my my character name is Jason Andrews. It's a character I do in the United States. It's an American I do that does comedy and stuff. But the real person is El Tigre Bacano. You want to marry me for Dominican papers? Wait, you want to give me? I have the Dominican. You want the Dominican? No, papers? I have Dominican papers. <laughs> you need a Dominican paper. No, so we're we're good. We're good. <laughs> Jason has been over now, just so our listeners know, I've known Jason for well over 20 years, like a long time now. Since you started. And since I started comedy, when I first saw Jason Andors, and I'm only doing this because he's new. You know, I love you too, Jenny. I've known Jenny forever as well. But when I first started comedy and I saw Jason, I saw you live. I was like, oh my God, I'm around like celebrity comedians because I had seen you on Def Jam. Well, no, BET or Bad Boys of Comedy. Never did that. I, I, I just, I had seen your stand-up. Well, if you saw and... me on Def Jam, I need to call them for residuals because I didn't even know <laughs> I did it. But, but the, it was also, I, you know what it was? It was my perception of you, I guess. And maybe I hadn't seen you, but I just remember like, because when I first started, I was doing a lot of rooms, like urban rooms, I guess that's what you call it, or black rooms, rooms that were, you didn't have to like audition. You just had to be funny and you got trial by fire. And I would be in the back of the room and I would see you, Jason, and I, you would just kill, you would destroy as a white comedian in black rooms and there was no hesitation. There was like this physicality that you had that I was just like, I have landed in the, the Mecca of comedy for like black comedians. And you were representing it <laughs> <laughs> and you were up there and I was like, Oh my God, I don't know if I can do that. So just wanted to say it. Yeah. It's funny. I mean, I was growing up in New York city in public schools in the Upper West Side was such a melting pot of cultures that sometimes you don't even really know what culture you are. You're like, yeah, I was born Jewish, but I just grew up in the, in the B-boy era, break popping and in the breaking era, you know, and um, you didn't really think about race that much when it came to dance. It's like, who could dance the best? You just got that respect. Everyone didn't, didn't really think about that. And it was... Um, so that's why I felt so comfortable, I think, in the, in the black comedy circuit, because it wasn't just performing. I think there's a lot of comedians that can do um, do really well with the black crowd. They just want to hear honesty. If you want to just be yourself, you hit them with a good, you know, maybe have a catering opening line. But then you can uh, like like Dan Natterman. I remember seeing rocking in Brooklyn once just with his normal set, killing it long time ago. 
But what it comes down to, do you feel comfortable every night hanging out in that atmosphere? Is that what you want your life to be? And for me, I was so comfortable that I decided, fine, this is great. Instead of doing the open mics in the mainstream circuit, which I was doing for like four years from 93 to 97, it gets tiring because I have all my friends in New York City already. Like I, I grew up in New York City. So after an open mic, I go right, hang out with my friends or go home, hang out with my brother. But most of the comedians that were doing the open mics were from different states. So all their comedian friends were other open micers. So they all hooked each other up at these open mics. They put them on early. I go on like 25th you know, in front of the two leftover comics there. And you can't prove you how funny you are with two comics in the audience. So starting to do the black circuit, you get an opportunity. They don't care if you do well or bomb, they're going to put you on. So you get an opportunity to see how you can do with 100 to 500 people. Depends where you are. So you can prove yourself quicker like that. And I didn't like hanging out, you know, in the open mic scene. I like doing my set and going home. And that didn't do anything for me because I wasn't politicking. I wasn't hanging out with the comics. So I just felt very comfortable in that circuit. You know, as a kid, I, I kind of thought I was Puerto Rican in the breakdance thing. And then during comedy for a lot of years, I became black. And it took me a long time to find out that I'm actually Dominican. <laughs> you <And> know? <laughs> that's hilarious. And then your physicality, like, or Jenny, I should ask, is Jason Dominican? Has he approved? Have you guys yeah, approved he, he's him? Pretty, he's, he's, he's got the plantain stain on him. He's got it. He's very Dominican. He's, I'm, tell, I'm a big fan. Uh, Thanks, and it's just very, um, it makes me proud to be a Dominican and to have El Tigre Bacano represent Dominicans the way he does, the way he chooses. And I think that in, in this day and age, and we're always talking about cultural appropriation and that stuff. And I don't, I think that, El Tigre Bacano is embracing the, the person that he that he feels that he is and he's entitled to identify as a Dominican. I'm glad you I, see it like that, because I think it's a um, cultural appreciation. What that's I'm doing. how I see it. I don't see it as appropriation. I do think that you appreciate the culture. I, and I, I I don't see anything, but I don't I don't think you're making fun of us. You're laughing with us, not at us. You're laughing yeah, at our joy and 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 how we are a such a happy people, musical people who are always willing to party, always willing to be with help out your fellow man and, and just hang out. So I think you um, have embodied the best traits of what it is to be Dominican. That's what I try to do. I mean, yeah, there's there's bad things I can bring up about the country, but I don't. My, my character is about showing the positive side. So sometimes people comment, why don't you show this? It's like, that's not what I do. Tigre Bacano doesn't do that. Tigre Bacano doesn't believe there's anything bad. Well, yeah. Country. And then um, and, and there's plenty of people doing that already. That's not what you're, you know, we, we, we can have a platform, but it doesn't mean you have to show everything associated with that. You show what you want to show about it. You want to talk about what you want to talk, you know? The only time I show the bad side is when, like, my foundation or when I'm doing GoFundMe's there. So I'll show the, the bad neighborhoods and the poor areas, but we're helping them. Yeah, yeah, but you're doing it. You're not doing showing the bad part. You're showing the need. That's different. Showing exactly. the bad part is showing someone getting mugged or something like that. Or you're showing the need that why your foundation exists, right? There is a need, and you're showing the need so it's not that you're saying oh my god look at look look how pitiful these people are you're saying oh my god these people need our a hundred percent i've been going there since 2005 visiting my cousin but i've always liked even since uh, arlene in the third grade she had an adult ass in the third grade and it was um 
I just I always liked that was my first crush. <laughs> but um Who, I've wait, always Arlene needs to be a girl's ass in the third grade. <laughs> yeah, no, but she was just I was I it was my first crush. And um so and I didn't even know like there were more Puerto Ricans in my neighborhood, but there were also Dominicans. I didn't even know where Dominican Republic was at that point. I just knew. You went I to liked school with one of my with one of my Dominican cousins with with, with Tito. Which Tito? Tito, Tito, who's friends with Sean, Sean Martinez, and Tito Delaire. Which school? At at LaGuardia. Oh, Tito's your cousin? Yeah. Oh wow. I didn't know that. Yeah, she's got some cute cousins. <laughs> That wanted nothing. Are to you talking do about musicians? Yes. Oh wow! Yeah, Harlem Slim. Yeah, I didn't know that was your cousin. Well, we grew oh, up boy. in church together, some... so we're cousins like that. We're church cousins. Oh, okay. <laughs> Our okay. cousins are hot. I met them with Lori um, out at. Yeah, Marina would love Tito. I met them at Cielo one night, I believe, with Lori. But they were they were arrogant. I was like, I guess I'm not hot enough. Anyway. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> By the Poor way, Marina. I want to recognize TV. Thank you for joining us backstage. We do have subscribers from our Patreon listeners and fans, and he's a golden member. Thank you, TB. You always join us. So thank you for being here today. Jenny did bring up such a great point about appropriation. Like, I don't, from what I've seen, I have not seen anyone from the Dominican Republic, like, give you that issue like they seem to celebrate you everything that i've seen has been nothing but joy happiness what challenges have you faced while performing there as the character or performing there in general as a comedian i, I haven't had well challenges if you're speaking about potential someone thinking i'm appropriating or challenging my character mm-hmm. i haven't really had many challenges with that it's all kind of happened organically and it's all been a smooth ride um, there are a couple of comments here and there. But it's usually from someone that doesn't follow me. But overall, it's been – I mean, I started doing stand-up there in Spanish. I've done about 25 shows. I've pulled them off. It's just about – I just translate the jokes. I do mostly relationship, sex jokes, and physical stuff. I don't, I don't do any jokes too insular or, or stuff really about New York or – not yet. I'm, I'm going to wait to break that barrier. That's going to be the, you know, the big barrier of comedy. If I could break that and just talk about whatever at the Dominican Republic. But I chose jokes that are universal. And I pra- all I need to do is practice them for a week or two in my room, get the Spanish tight, and then the jokes seem to flow when I do it in front of a, a Dominican crowd. It's because, you-, you know, when you're bombing in English or you're having a tough time, you'll forget your own language you'll start to mess up words in English. So imagine in Spanish, when they're laughing, the language is perfect. Like I'm like speaking Spanish, great. But when they start not laughing or people are talking to the crowd, I start jumping over words. You know, it's complicated. But I want to, you know, try to film a special in Spanish soon. The character was born out of my love for the country because I traveled from 2005 until now. My cousin's a bachatero, it's Dominican music. He's a doctor in the States. He's actually half Puerto Rican, half Dominican, half, half Jewish. And he's a doctor in the States and he would work like three, four months a year in the States to um, save money and then live there like eight months without working. He used to date like a a million girls a week, whatever. He got one nice girlfriend now. I'm proud of him for years. But he – and so in 2005, he's like, you should come out here. I know you like Latina women. You should come visit the country. They're all Latina here. I'm like, sounds good. So I went out there and – 
I met, I knew no, I knew the word hola. That was pretty much it. I failed Spanish throughout school because all the women in New York City I grew up with, I always loved Latinas, but they all spoke English. So I didn't need to do my homework, thank God, because I hated homework so, to, to flirt with them. But then when I went there, I realized, oh my God, there's so many women, you know, beautiful women around the world that don't speak English. Like if my teacher would have sat me down and been like, Jason, you want to grow up to be a sick pervert that flies four hours to a foreign country just to pick up women, but you can't get any because you don't know how to say Quanto Cuesta. You know, I don't, I don't want that to happen. So you do your homework, you know? So, but I went out there, I met this girl in Boca Chica and oh, for an hour I was with her like, hola, hola, hola for like a whole hour. So my cousin had to translate for me, had to get her number for me. He had to call her for me. He probably, you know, probably her for me too. He's a nice guy. <laughs> oh, <laughs> but the shit. point is, I was so frustrated. I came back to New York and signed up for Spanish school. I went like a year and three months, five days a week, canceled comedy gigs just to study Spanish. I was so focused. And it took that amount of time to break the ice. And then I just started practicing, going out there and falling in love with the country. You know, the initial reason I went was, okay, beautiful women here, uh, you know, a shallow... <laughs> caveman man reason to go. But after years, I just fell so in love with the country and it just felt like my, my soul, that country. And in 2015, I started filming skits in New York because I had a video on YouTube that went really viral with all my TV clips from like Bad Boys of Comedy, Comics Unleashed, whatever it was. Everything there was going viral. I think it got to like a million views. It was getting like three to 5,000 a day. And it was my claim to the internet at that time. This was maybe eight, nine years ago. And then uh, the head of Bad Boys of Comedy, the owner of Kings of Comedy and Bad Boys of Comedy, started his own channel on YouTube. So he had them cut any video with any of their product off YouTube. So I had a 30-second clip, clip from Bad Boys of Comedy on my reel. So cut Ooh. my reel off. I got an email on the cruise. And you're already depressed on a cruise ship working, thinking you're ruining <laughs> your career. right? And then I got an email. The only thing I was proud of got cut off YouTube. Like it would have been smart to keep my video up, getting like three to 5,000 views a day with only a, a 30 second clip. People are going to be like, where can I see the rest of this? Oh, go to Walter's page. Yeah. I don't think it was his, I don't think he did it individually. I just think he's like, anyone with my product take off, but it would have been better for the page if they kept mine up because it would have got a lot of views on the page. That reminds me of when Amy took Women Who Kill off of Netflix. I was like, ah, I mean, I know why she did it. I understand it, but I was like, I was getting recognized. I, wow. I remember one day I was walking and someone was like, oh, and I was like, what? <laughs> and it was because it was on Netflix. Right. And I hadn't, and it had resurfaced and I had no clue. And yeah, and then it was gone. Yeah, it hurts, but anyway, right? Because you get used yeah. to that, that boost. And now you got to re- boost is nice. Restart. So I called Tommy Pena and Ivan Manito, two Dominican comedians that, do a lot of videos on social media. I said, dude, I need to learn how to film videos. I need to learn how to edit. Like I, I need to do this because I just, I, I'm in a zone right now of depression. I just have my video cut off. I said, when you get back next week, we'll start. Came back, we started filming skits. I filmed like different characters, my gay character, my Italian, my thug, my hillbilly and a Dominican guy. N never had any goal of having fame in Dominican Republic. I just went there just to enjoy it. It was the last thing on my mind, but I'm doing the skits and then the Dominican character was obviously the one working because their following is Dominican. So I started getting a couple thousand followers. And then I did a video that really kind of hit. And then a couple more. And then I think I went up to like 17,000. So I went to DR to test the fame a little bit. And it was, I was getting recognized. Not a lot, but I was. I was like, this is fun. You know, this is cool. It's working. 
So I, I still didn't dedicate my page just to Dominicans at this point because all my friends were like, you got to you got to do it with, you know, do videos for everybody. You don't want to just get one little niche going. And I said, it's not so, I, you know, I was kind of listening, but kind of ready to change to focus on the niche. And then I did a video in the city talking about how much more I love Dominican Republic than New York, you know, and it was snowing out. And I'm like, mira esa mierda cayendo del cielo. Look at this shit falling from the sky. I want to go back to my country, Dominican Republic. I hate it here. And I just posted it. It was a selfie video. Next day, you just see all the blue follows down your page like crazy. I was in the, uh, I was in the Bronx hosting a show with Imagine. I, I'm backstage. I'm like, what the fuck's going on here? <laughs> and then within like days, it was like 20,000 more followers. So wow. I'm like, you know what? My page is Dominican. These are the people that want to give me the love. It happened organically. Like I didn't try to get popular there. So that's, that's why it happened out of um, cultural appreciation, you know? And I don't even make my, the money. If you saw how much money I make from social media, you'd be like, why is he even doing this? Like the amount of fame I have from social media compared to the amount of money I make, it makes no sense. And I think it's because I make my living. I'll do a lot of cruise shits, whatever. I'm making my living. I'm comfortable. So I'm doing it more for the love as opposed to someone, I want to mention a name, but there's someone that kind of did my idea, took my name basically and is doing the same thing, but making good money from it, like hustling. And oh, I think that was the original goal. Like I yours. think that was more of an appropriation goal. No, definitely not organic like that. Well, so, can I ask you before you, I, I want to ask you because we have actually been talking about this on the show for a while. I'm sure TB, you've noticed we've been talking about, I call them business comics, the, the ones who do social media. And lately that's the younger generation. Really, that's what they do. They clip, they're clipping videos. And we just had a live YouTube this Saturday which was very good with Paul Sullivan. I don't know if you remember him from the scene. He's in LA now, but I was asking him, what do you think is uh, different about our generation as opposed to them with these clipping of videos? And he said, the fact that they don't have the memories that we have. When we look back at our scene as coming up as comedians, they won't have that. They, they're so busy just clipping and they won't have clipping. The they don't have the community yeah. that we have uh, at all. So I, I would ask, I want to ask you about this character more specifically, like, what is it? Um, oh, and also I want to say kudos to you because Colin Quinn had said this to me uh, a while ago about how his hardest part was to go towards the people that love it, right? Yeah. Like he said that, he was always, we are always, I, I think it's a comic thing. We're always chasing the one that doesn't instead of going to the, like you said, the niche was right there for you. And someone was like, you got to do it all, but you found your niche and it's good. And I don't, I think that's the lesson here. If anyone's listening to that, like don't stray from what works, go to what works. It's so important what you just said, Jason. It's so, cause he, I remember Colin saying, Kathy Griffin, was getting nowhere with Comedy Central. And I think she went to, was it Bravo? And became a huge star because they loved her at Bravo. So she went to where they loved her and it worked. It always works. Yeah. So it's a good thing you pointed out. My belief is if you push your niche hard enough and you really become top notch at your niche, that's going to spread out to mainstream anyway. So that's the goal to, to make them merge in the future. 
Yeah, I didn't realize that me saying like uh, I aged well was going to go viral. It went viral. Me just saying ageless. Uh-huh. Um, that's my black girl magic. I had no idea. It was just one little clip. And I never followed that niche, though. You still can. I still can. Just the other day, I posted a video about being older and beating up your face. <laughs> And like having like, cause I have all these serums on right now. As I'm talking to you, I'm uh-huh. like creamed up. I don't know if you see how shiny I am. You look a little shiny, but it looks good. It's a good shine. Well, it's, it's like, cause I'm working on it, but it is doing quite well. So I'm like, there's something there. And Zainab, who was on the podcast with Keith Robinson said this, she's like, no one cares if one person goes to your party, but they do care if a lot of people go. So I, I do want to ask you about this, the character El Tigre, yes. Tigre. El Tigre Vacano. Vacano, yeah. El Tigre Vacano. Yeah, more or less, yeah. Who who, who is he? El Tigre Vacano was born and raised in a neighborhood called Bija Meja. And it's kind of, that neighborhood's a popular area in Santo Domingo, north, north, and it's, um... A lot of it's pretty, pretty much the hood. So it's where my cousin lives. My doctor cousin lives in the hood. He, uh, he's a musician, so he wanted to move and stay near all his musician friends out there. He plays with some of the top Dominican musicians. So he just wanted to be near them. He didn't want to have to travel to record. Like his first place he moved was right in a real in an area, real hoodie in Bija Meja, right across the street from his friend. That's when I first visited him. I was bathing in his house with a garbage can full of water. There was no electricity for hot water, like buckets over my head, like bass. I had the real real experience my first trip there. Wait, 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 what? What are you talking? So there was Why, no, you're you're shaking your head like, and you're like, what? I knew that you would know. Like, it looks <laughs> The water wouldn't work a lot of uh, like half the day. It wouldn't come out of the shower, so you had to fill up like a garbage can full of water and leave it in the in the bathtub. Yeah, there's usually a drum of water in the bathtub in some houses, and then somebody will heat up another water on the stove and they'll pour it in and it'll warm it up, and then you just kind of bathe with that real quick. I mean, that's very yeah. primitive. That's not, but that yes. does happen. That does happen. That does happen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that was my first trip there. He was paying like, you know, a hundred and something dollars a month for a three bedroom. But he has money, but he just wanted to live. He was cool living like that, just recording his music. He just loved the music there. Um, now he lives in Adabakoa and Bija Meja. Like he bought a house in Adabakoa. He's living a little different now, but he's been doing that for 23 years. So I use that neighborhood because that's the neighborhood I know the best. Bijameja, and that's the neighborhood I gave to this character. So he was born and raised there in the hood, never really went to school. His school were the streets, you know, he learned everything on the streets. And he, nobody loves the Dominican Republic more than him. So everywhere he goes, he promotes the Dominican Republic as the best country on the planet. And that's um. ma- mainly it. And he's a, you know, he's a Tigre. And Tigres in Dominican Republic are street dudes, but He's El Tigre Bacano, so he's a different type of street dude. He's a street dude that doesn't do, like, bad things. He'll help people out. He, you know, he has a lot of juice. He can get you jumped if he wants to, but he won't do that. You know what I mean? He's, he's against violence, but he's, he's 100% from the streets, and he's a very DR-positive character. 
So, and it's just the people, it's such a contrast because my accent's garbage in Spanish. So everyone knows I'm not Dominican, but I know a lot about the culture. I can dance, bachata, merengue. So I have the flavor, but my accent's horrible. But people like that because it shows them 100% it's an outsider showing love for the country. So it all, it just all worked out. It all happened. Yeah, I have to chime in that that's exactly it. The fact that his accent isn't good means that he just, he, but he, it is palpable that he loves the culture and he wants to be a part of the culture regardless. He doesn't care. Like, he's like, this is how I talk, but I still love you. And I still love, and I, my, my, the, your accent isn't a barrier. I don't, it, it doesn't, it, if anything, it endears you more. Thanks. I was hoping you'd defend me, but like, your accent's pretty good. She's like, exactly. Yeah, your, your accent, accent sucks. No, no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, I know. I know. My accent is not good. And that's fine. I'm fine with it. Like, I can't put Spanish on a resume for acting. I could put Spanish on a resume if I want to work at a hotel. But for acting, what I, I can't. Like, someone that is good with accents but speaks no Spanish has a better can play a Latin character in a movie. I can't. I just did a movie out there. It's out right now. But I played an American character. It's called La Soga Part Three. You ever hear La Soga, Jen? I know it's Manny a Manny. Perez. I know it's a Manny, but I, I know of it, but I've never seen it. Yeah, I've never seen it. Okay. Okay. Tell me some memorable moments of you performing as this character, El Tigre. Tigre Bacano. Tigre. It means like the good Bacano. tiger. You know, Bacano is a word I think used a lot in Latin America too. In Colombia, I think it's a big word. It kind of means good, right, Jen? Like Bacano, and that's very Bacano. That's very cool. cool. And hip. It's more like cool and hip as opposed to like, like Fonzie was Bacano. <laughs> like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like cool and hip. So just un tigre. He's a, he's a tigre. He's kind of a street dude and you can't really maybe trust him. But tigre Bacano is a little more nice, I guess. Anyway, a memorable moment performing. My most memorable moment performing as Atiga de Bacano was Dominicans Got Talent. A hundred percent. I was in Dominican Republic. I did a video defending the country when supposedly there were tourists dying from a mini bar out there, like having bad alcohol. I don't know if you remember that. Yes, I remember that. So maybe like eight people died and they made it the biggest deal in the news. DR is the most dangerous place to go. But if you looked at the statistics and everything, like they had like two and a half million tourists a year and only eight people died. They were like number 25 on the list of other tourist countries. But they just decided to pick DR to be the place not to go. So I did a video fully defending uh, DR saying, I grew up in New York. I got mugged all the time. I've been jumped, stabbed. I was around Times Square during a terrorist attack when they put the bomb in the car. I was there. I was at Lincoln Center when they bombed the state theater with tear gas bomb. I was in there. There's mass shootings there. There's just so much crazy shit in the United States that does not happen in the DR. The DR doesn't even really have a homeless problem, like like not, nothing like here. Or crazy people, like you see very rare, you see crazy people on, on drugs. And you know you get on the subway here, every car you're going to have some. Someone last night was smoking, this homeless dude just pulled out like a blunt and a joint at the same time smoking two right next to me on the train coming back from the Bronx. I just saw I just saw a flame next to me. Like he got on the train and sat next to me. And I'm already like, okay, I'm, I need to get off this car. And then I see a flame. I'm like, what the fuck is he lighting? You know, he had like a blunt and this goofy face. He's like laughing. I'm like, you know, it doesn't look dangerous, but I'm going to the next car. So, <laughs> so you don't see a lot of that in DR. A lot of people have somewhere to sleep at night 
whether it's a, a total shithole shack in the middle of nowhere, people let them, families take care of each other. And I just did a video defending that, posted it, and it went super viral. Like I felt like the whole country saw it. Like Miss uh, Universe, Dominican Republic uh, shared it, and it was everywhere. And it had like over 20,000 shares within that night. I don't think I've had more than like 1,500 shares from a video since then. And everyone was calling for me to do interviews, all types of stuff. So I'm in the hotel. I have three more days left. And I'm like, what am I going to film? Because every day there is work for me. It's vacation. My girlfriend lives out there, everything. But she films with me. She comes with me, does everything with me. Every day I'm hustling the career out there, something. So I'm out there. What can I do? I got three days left. We're just going to film skits today. What are we going to do? And then I look, check out my spam messages on my Instagram. You know, the messages on the right that I, I don't check all, we don't check all the time. It's like, hey, I'm the executive producer of a Dominicans Got Talent. We're doing the first season out here. We'd love for you to be to be on it. So I'm wow. like, this, this is real. I say, I'm at this, I'm, can, you see, can you call me? And he called me right away. He's like, yo, you think you could get out to Dominican Republic this week? We're starting Wednesday. I don't know, maybe it was Sunday or Monday. I said, I'm here. He said, you're here? Can you come in Wednesday? That's our first day. I said, um, can I do the third day? Because I have some experiences where the first day there's problems with the mic. Things happen. Let me. Can I let you guys fuck up for a few days? And then I come <laughs> in and do the third day? He said, that's fine. I said, but look, I got to tell you, I don't like contests. I've done some, like, you know, com like last comic saying, I don't like contests with the arts, period. Like breakdancing was co-battling on the street. That was a different type of thing. Right. It was kind of like snapping on someone, you know, mother snaps or whatever. But then like a comedy contest, it's like, I don't know, it's hard to judge in the arts. Like with sports, you're boxing someone, you knock the other guy out, it's kind of obvious who won that, right? So he's like, not, we don't want you to be in the contest. We want you to be a guest on the show. You just do, you're like our guest, celebrity guest being funny with the judges. I'm like, well, that sounds great. That's exactly what I want to do. I said, so what's the idea? He said, I don't know, we'll think of something funny. And I'm thinking in the back of my head, like, I got to write something or this is going to be bad. I said, okay, I'll come in and we'll figure it out. So my plan B was I'm just going to pretend I'm auditioning if, if they don't have a script, which I knew they probably wouldn't. So I get there. There's no script. So I say to my friend who's like my assistant, my boy Jocko out there, who's been with me since the first skit I ever filmed there, a friend of my cousin's. And he's straight up from BJ Major from the streets and he knows everything about everything. And he's like, bro, just pretend from right when you enter the building you're auditioning. And if you have your Tigata attitude, just act like you're to win the contest, walking real conceited and just be in character. So I enter, I'm signing up for the contest. People already know me at this point, you know? Like, what are you doing here? I said, what am I doing? And in Spanish, I'm like, estoy aquí para ganar. You know, I'm here to win. That's what I'm here, here for. Why else? So then I go backstage. I'm backstage like 13 hours. Interviews and the other contestants are like, why are you in the contest? Kind of almost annoyed I'm in the contest. Like, <laughs> I'm like, because I like winning shit. That's why I'm here. Just in Spanish. I'm in character. I had no real plan what I was going to do. In the back of my head, I'm thinking, I'm not doing stand-up because I haven't done stand-up in Spanish yet. At that point, never did it once. I'm not going to risk bombing at what my career is now. I don't mean I don't mind bombing dancing. You know what I'm saying? Which I probably won't. I might lose, but I'm not going to bomb. So I said, okay, my plan is I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pop. That's what I'm going to do at the end. I'm going to be this almost 50-year-old man dancing. So I come on, and right before I came on, my boys, I said, yo, I, I just want some kind of improv idea for opening. I just want to break the ice. He said, just come out saying, República Dominicana. 
you know, real. So that's what I did. I came out. I said, "Republica Dominicana." You know, the crowd went nuts. So now I'm warm already. I'm like, "Bija Mejan la casa." You know, "Bija Mejan the house." They're all clapping. A couple of judges laughed when I did that. And then I went right to the main one of the judges, who's like the biggest comedic actor in Dominican Republic, Raymond Poso. And I said, "I said, hola, Raymond. Uh, ¿Cómo te sientes ser el comediante número dos en este país? How does it feel to be the second best comedian in the country. <laughs> like I didn't give a shit because I knew I wasn't in the contest. Right. You know what I mean? So I'm just like, whatever. And that's how you should always be when you go on these TV shows. Like not give a shit. So you, you'll like how you look on camera. So, and he, instead of getting mad, he just laughs. He's like, it feels good. I don't have the pressure you have of being the best. You know, I said, yeah, you know, I said, you're my favorite, but it's just tough being the best. <laughs> So then uh, I, the other judges asked me, so, oh, it's on YouTube. You know, people can find it. If you look up Otigo de Bacano, uh, Dominicans Got Talent. And then they're like, so what's your talent? I said, I don't know. You know, people think because I'm real white, I can't dance, you know. I said, so you want me to dance? I said, what? You want me to dance what? Bachata, merengue, hip hop. I walked them right into it. And they're like, yeah, do some hip hop. So I'm like, DJ, give me some music. And by the way, before the show, like 10 minutes before I went on, I realized I had no music. I'm like, do you have any type of music you guys own or anything? Like, yeah, you can choose whatever you want. This is Dominican Republic. Like the, the music laws are a little different here. So I'm like, all right, give me your best <laughs> rapper. I gave me this rapper La Piece. So they play it. I went off, you know, standing off, standing off from the judges. They all gave me great reviews. And I walk off stage and I'm like, the producer's there. Great job, bro. I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. What just happened? He's like, you made the second round. I said, I made the second round. I said, I told you I hate contests. I don't want to be in the contest. He's like, well, we can, we don't have to air it. If you don't want, we respect what you did for the country. Like, we're not here to ruin you. Like, we, we won't air it. I said, no, 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 you can air that. I like how that went. <laughs> I said, I said, when was it round two? He said, next week. I said, well, I got two cruises that week, you know, so I'd have to cancel. It'd be like 35, four, four grand, maybe, about, I think it was to cancel. And, uh, but I'm like, this is a once in a lifetime thing. Who cares? So I came back. I did the second round. I had this poet help me in the Bronx, uh, La Bruja, La Caridad. I don't know if you know her. You know, you know yeah, her, right? I work with Caridad, of course. Yeah, she's like a legendary Puerto Rican poet. And she helped me, um, you know, and then uh, we wrote we wrote a poem. I did a couple of little, I had maybe five, 10% of the poem was mine. She really helped. And, uh, I did the poem on part round two because I still didn't want to do comedy. It was a comedic poem, but serious. It had some great points for the DR, but some good laughs in there too. And I, I rocked. I came on stage like, what's your talent this time? I'm like, well, I hurt my knee. I don't want to dance. He says, so what are you going to do? I said, I don't know. I'm like, I wrote a poem in the Uber right here. I could read it to you guys. <laughs> and then I just, you know, I did the poem. I was, I was more scared about remembering the poem then delivering it just not mm -hmm. I don't want to fuck up one word and I, I rocked it with the poem I did really well and everyone backstage is telling me you're definitely in the semifinals and I was pretty sure I made it but the they had me waiting so many hours to get till they brought me next to the person against me and I lost so they chose 11 of the 22 I think also a big reason I'm not defending that maybe I should have lost but if I would have made the semifinals the judges don't judge anymore. It's the audience. And I had a bigger following on social media than anyone in the contest. That would have been very unfair. And imagine if like a Jewish comedian won the first season of Dominicans Got Talent. Oh. That wouldn't have been really good for the world and for, for, for me. 
So yeah. I was going to give I, I was going to give every dollar to charity. If I won, that was already the plan. Like I can't keep one dollar. I'm going to build like ten houses, and that's it. It would have been cool. But I was kind of yeah. mad. I was depressed because we hate losing. I didn't even want to be in the contest at first. And then I was happy past me. <laughs> I rocked it. I mean, it's on YouTube too, but they cut the uh, the poet round. They cut from like two and a half minutes to 30 seconds. But they made me look like I won because they show a quick couple of serious lines and then me rocking with the uh, the main judge. There's a judge named Milagros, which means like Milagro means miracle. So I had a line in my poem that said, I need something. I'm looking for another girl. I need something. Or un milagro, or a miracle. I need. I know. I said I need a milagro, un a miracle, or and I look right at the judge, un milagros, and I start like doing body waves towards her, and the crowd <laughs> went crazy. And uh, and then one of the biggest merengue stars, uh, Millie Quesada, you know her. She was one of the guest judges. She's like the queen of merengue, right? So she was one of the guest judges. And I said to her, I said, I love your music. I said, you dance merengue. Because, you know, once again, I don't give a shit because I'm like, I don't care. Lose. I just want to look funny. I want to go viral. So I'm like, you dance? She's like a little bit. I said, why don't you come on stage? Let's dance. And then she came on and we did merengue together and crowd just storm like thunder, you know? And at that point, I'm like, oh, I made the semifinals, but I didn't. But it was still good for everything. It still boosted my name out there. That was definitely one That's of the coolest amazing. things I've ever done. That is Showtime at the Apollo for me. I'm just, I'm listening to it and I'm just thinking like, it's those moments like that when you least expect it, like when you go, ah, like, I don't want to do this competition thing. And then you find out, like, you get all this love. That's usually how it happens. Now, Jenny, I want to ask, like, why do your comedy here as opposed do you do your comedy in the Dominican Republic? No, and, I, I and would you I see? How do I Go to where they left No, it's you. not that. It's that I first I started in theater, first of all. So I would definitely act in the Dominican Republic. And and my comedy, I'm just now it's like it's it's a lot of the things that I say don't translate the way I say them. You know, like a lot of it is wordplay. Like I, I'm more I'm even though Jason talks about more universal things, I talk about more insular things. And I think a lot of things don't don't translate well, like like tummy tit doesn't translate well. I mean, I'm sure I can find a way to say tummy tit in Spanish, but it just doesn't translate. Tummy tit sounds funny. Yeah. Tummy, yeah. The alliteration. So, um, so things like that. But I, when I do, if I'm doing comedy in Spanish, it's more like cuentistas, you know, like telling, it's more like storytelling. It's what it's called, right? Cuentistas is like, telling. it's more storytelling. So it's more that, and that I can definitely do. I can definitely do, tell stories. I can do a lot of funny storytelling in Spanish. Absolutely. But I can't do set up punchline. Uh, let me say, rephrase that. I've never set up punchline in Spanish. Right. You could wow, do it. You could do it. It'll just take some practice. Yeah, it's like, well, yeah. And, and you own property in the No, Dominican I don't. Republic, I don't. Right? I want to own property. I had a cousin. My cousin had a house there that he just sold. So now I don't go there. <laughs> so he had a house in Las Terrenas. Uh, so nice. Oh, so gorgeous there. So that's that's where I want to. And I was thinking of maybe bringing comedy there, but just like expat comedy, like English comedy in English, but geared towards a expats in a Spanish speaking country. So it'd be more Spanglish and things like that and things about being expats. And uh, I I wanted to do that. But now that he sold the house, I got to rethink my whole plan. (laughs) Also, how often do you go? 
to the Dominican Republic. Um, well, when my cousin had that house, I was going since he got it in, in during COVID, and since COVID to this year, I went like eight times. So I went a lot. Um, but he just saw, my last time there was just just now this this past April, April twenty twenty three. I don't know when I'll be back. I'd like to be back sometime in 2024 um find a cheap place in las terrenas that i can read i just i fell in love with las terrenas like um jason loves the capital city which is santo domingo which is the it's like miami it's it's a very metropolitan city it's a very cosmopolitan city very fashionable very las terrenas is more of a little beach town that's getting its notoriety it like well based on some of the the stuff that we that we were reading the articles that you sent they're doing a lot a lot of recording in Las Terrenas, because there's still a lot of virgin area, a lot of virgin yes. land, virgin beaches. But if it were up to me, I would be a snowbird and I would live there from my birthday's March 31st. I, w- I would probably live there from January 1st to March 31st and then move to live in New York from April to the. I have to spend Christmas in New York, but I would love to spend January and February in DR. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Me too. Yeah. Now, what is it you said already, kind of, Jason, like, about the DR, because I'm seeing it, you know, I, I'll i be honest, like, it's not one of the locations that I go, I'm going to go there for a vacation. I right. just, I've always wondered, what is it about the DR that people really love and want to go? Because it's one of the top well, guys, um, a lot of guys travel for, spots. For a lot of dirtbag guys will go for women. There's, that's, there's, that's, that, there's that. Okay. Mm. Well, most people like to travel there because it's so the energy, the people are so nice. My friend just called me a Puerto Rican friend of mine just called me the other day. She's like, the people are so much nicer here in Dominican Republic. Like what, what, why they're just so nice here. And the energy is incredible and they're very innovative too. It's a very innovative country. Like there's a lot of new famous artists coming from there. The movie business is huge there. It's getting bigger and bigger there. There's so many beautiful beaches there. I also think to to add to what Jason's saying, it's not just that, but it is the most. Let's be. Let's make it bottom line. It's the most bang for your buck. Uh, Puerto Rico is beautiful, but it's the United States. So you're paying in U.S. dollars. You're spending in U.S. dollars. You go to Dominican Republic, you get thirty something pesos for a dollar for every dollar, and a soda isn't thirty seven pesos. So it's only ten pesos. So you're paying like ten cents for a soda or something like that. So it's the most bang for your buck. It's the closest to it. Well, again, Puerto Rico has its issues because it Puerto Rico is actually more expensive, even though it's U.S. dollars to buy things in Puerto Rico is more expensive because the U.S. government has made it that way that everything that goes to Puerto Rico has to stop in like New Orleans, one of those crazy laws built to, to keep a country down. <laughs> so, yeah. um, so we don't have those problems. Uh, and because it is an independent state, uh, you can get away with a lot of shit. Um, some good, some bad, which will attract both good and bad tourism, which we have. And we all know what bad tourism is. And TB is saying, I'd love to be a snowbird, at least get out of Oregon more enough in the winter. So much rain. South Carolina last week was still cold and rainy like here. Need to go more Southern. Hanging around on a beach sounds great. Exactly. Um, there's nothing like, I remember I was there and it was snowing here. And every time somebody would say snow day, I'd go to the beach and just stand there like snow day. <laughs> you know? <laughs> <laughs> now yeah. you brought up some good points about the emerging, this article that I placed in about emerging talent raises Dominican Republic profile. The show that I, I tried to watch last night, 
but the weed was too strong, my friends. Uh, <laughs> 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 oh, woo! I was like, all right, thank you. I just haven't had good weed, I guess, in a while. Anyway, this more uh, recent production, Netflix is, is, is it called Nyad? Nyad, N-Y-A-D, starring Jodie Foster and Annette Benning, where the Dominican Republic stood in for Cuba, from which the legendary swimmer Diane Nyad set out to swim to Florida. The Dominican Republic has stood in for Cuba and for in Hollywood since the Castro administration. If you go to uh, Godfather 2 when they're in Cuba, that actually happens in Dominican Republic. Santo Domingo and Havana uh, are twin capital cities. They're twin cities. They have a twin. They, they look very much alike. They have a malacón. So they're, they're sister twin cities. So they, they can swap for each other because it, you cannot uh, record in Cuba. Uh, all of those, again, since the Godfather that's been what about Scarface? If it was in Cuba, it was in the Dominican Republic. Absolutely. I wonder where Scarface was supposed. To, yeah, I think if it was Cuba's DR because you're not allowed to film in Cuba. So it's, in the zona in la zona colonial. Yeah, right? that's all looks like 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 La Habana. La Habana. Yeah. yeah. And then, oldest 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 European permanent settlement. What's the? I mean, also Dominican Republic has like history that people don't realize. It's the oldest. It's the first university in the New World. The first church. The first Christian church in the New World. Um, the first, a lot of major firsts that happened because it was Columbus is one of his preferred islands when he landed. So it, it, there are a lot of firsts and there's a lot of history there that, again, we're an independent state. So we don't have to answer to, to the United States. We don't have to answer to the UK. So we own all our, one of the things that um, I think that Dominicans find, take a lot of pride in is that there's no welfare in the United in the Dominican Republic. So if you don't work, you don't eat. Right. So basically everybody has to figure it out how to work and eat and how to, how to, how to be on their own because there's no, the state can't help you. The state cannot help you. Um, right. so that, it forces everybody to be a hustler, yeah, probably, does, which is yeah. why there's a lot less homeless people. There's a lot more poor people though. Yes. But a lot less homeless. people. Absolutely. Cause you got to hustle cause no one's going to help you. Yeah. So let's talk about your organization, how you raise money, Jason. Tell us about that. And because I remember seeing it during the pandemic and I thought, look at this. Not only is Jason over there promoting, I mean, you weren't, you were organically being an entertainer over there, but you're also helping out the community. Talk about yeah, this. You got to return that love that, that they give, you know, and it's, um, well, the foundation, which I have my shirt here, foundation, ha ha. Ha ha. <laughs> it's Fundacion Jason Andors, Foundation Jason Andors, ha ha. Ha ha is my initials, but it's also laugh. It's H-A-H-A in Spanish. So it worked out perfect with my initials. But anyway, the foundation, the official foundation is actually just being finished as of now, probably between now and January. It's been a year and a half process. The charities you see me doing are my own GoFundMe's that I did the last like six years. So I got my own money and then I went out and did all those. I did one with this big foundation called Jompeame. So they do a lot of stuff out there. So we built a lady a house maybe like six years ago. I wrote her, I said, I really want to do something. Like, I don't know how to do these charities. I know how to get money on GoFundMe and like we help fix this old blind guy's house, his roof and the flooding and everything. But, and we get kids toys every holiday, poor kids who bring them to the neighborhood. But I want to do something even bigger. She said, well, what do you want to do? Like we can do this for this amount of money. We could build someone a one bedroom house for about six grand. 
we'll get about six grand to match it from sponsors. So for about 12 grand, 14 grand, we'll build an actual nice little house. I said, that sounds great. Let's build someone a house. She said, well, you find the person and we'll do it. So this girl I dated, my first like girlfriend there in 2006, there was this old lady, she was like 88, Philippa, that lived right in a little shack behind her house. There's a lot of areas that have kind of normal houses and you walk through the alleyway and you see people living in shacks, just tin roofs and nothing. Illegal shacks that they don't usually take down, but they will take them down. Hmm. So I said, I said, I have the person. So once we got the money, I went to Philippa, we filmed it, you know, we show up, we're like, we got a surprise for you. And she's like, what's up? I said, oh, we're just going to build you a new house. Nothing much. And she went And nuts. she was a star of yours too. She was like, right. Didn't she recognize you? No, she only knew me because I did a oh. video with her because I met her through my girlfriend. So I gave her money okay. to like do a couple of comedy videos with me. So we built the house and sadly she died six months after we built it for her. She was 88. And then the old guy I did a charity for and fixed his house died about four months after. So basically, if you want someone killed, just hire hire me to do a charity for <laughs> But uh, you know what? Yeah, I mean, that's but the thing is, is in reality, and I saw that video the happiest ever I saw her. I saw her the condition that she was living in. It was like, I don't think there was a bathroom. No, no. They had to shit outside like a privy. This year. Yeah. I mean, you gave her, who knows, you gave her the best. The best ending. Out. She had an amazing best, ending. An yeah. unbelievable ending. She's 88 years old, making maybe $150 a month working her ass. She was working three days a week at 88. No hope of nothing going to change. That's it. Not even hope, like not even a thought. And out of nowhere, she left, she lived her last six months in a comfortable house. Sadly, though, like, I don't think her daughter's a good person from what I hear from my ex oh, didn't and her pass sister. on generation. And I think her daughter gets the house now. And then I think they might be letting someone stay there in the family or renting it. I don't know. But like she doesn't deserve the house. She mm. lived in a normal house next to her mom's shack. Oh, wow. Yeah. So it's kind of like it's funny how things work because she really doesn't deserve it. So I learned a lesson. Like I want to figure out next time I do that, how to make that house. If the person dies, go to another, stay with the charity or something. I don't know. I don't know how that should work unless they have a kids, kids or something like young bait kids when they die. I you think know? you could probably do the conditions that like maybe the recipient must live in the house for five years or if they were, if they cannot live, if something happens, then it goes back to the, you, you set a site uh, like a, an expiration. And so this lady was supposed to live there for the next five years and she's 88, five years. She died before that. It goes back and then you pass it along to somebody who can also benefit from it. I mean, that's an idea. Something like that. And then people I know also were like, I think it was a little suspect thinking like maybe they somehow they killed her. Like just something evil, evil thoughts like that. I, I don't know. It's just crazy. Well, you never know. It also is at 88 years old. I mean, do they live longer in the Dominican Republic, Jenny? Do you know? Or... It depends. I mean, some people do some. I don't think that there's a. They eat, yeah, I, I yeah. can't tell. Eighty-eight. It could have been. Yeah. yeah my girlfriend's grandmother's ninety-nine. Totally with it. Yeah, I have an uncle who's ninety-seven. Sounds like good living. So, yeah. Okay, yeah. so now I want to get into this article. I mean, I think Jason, it's a good place to mention what you do because people will listen here, and write to you and maybe 
suggest some ideas and also contribute to your organization, which is again, what? Well, you can't contribute yet because the bank account's the final step and that's what the okay. pa- paperwork's happening. My lawyer right now, that should be done by January when I go out there. But okay. you can follow me on my social media and I will be promoting the hell out of it. El Tigre Bacano. Okay. And right. by the way, one quick thing, just say what Jen said about DR with um, why it's such a great place to travel because it's close, cheap, and it's just they have everything you kind of need there for a vacation. You want to go to the cool, one of the coolest, oldest cities, feel like you're in Europe, you go to the Zona Colonial, which is just like Cuba or old San Juan. They're all kind of together. It was the first. It was like 1498. And I think Cuba was 1519 and Puerto Rico is like 1522, whatever. You want to see a great city? You can go to that. Like something like Cuba, we're not even allowed to travel to Cuba. So you want to go see something similar? Go to Zona Colonial. You want to go to beautiful beaches, not far. It just has an amazing music, different types of music. And they also have, you know, tourist areas like Punta Cana, which have Americanized themes if you want the mixed feel. But the culture is so strong there in the Dominican Republic, is which is sad in Puerto Rico. I have Puerto Rican friends there that hate the fact that the U.S. is even involved because they have like mm-hmm. a Puerto Rican flag, uh, uh, American flag, Puerto Rican flag every, all over the place. So they're invading their culture, which sucks because our culture kind of sucks. We have some cool things in it, but it's a very – it's just not a solid culture in my opinion. But the DR has such an amazing, solid power. You feel that culture and it's not that far from where we live to get there. You just arrive in another world. Yeah, and- you can do everything. I mean, you can't ski, but you can do everything from uh, forest hike. You can the highest uh, mountain in the Caribbean is in Dominican is in the Dominican Republic, uh, Pico Duarte. So you can do like uh, the the world the world windsurfing Olympics happen in the Dominican Republic. Uh, there's so much. There, there are surfing beaches. There, there are lagoon beaches. There, are, it's it's everything. You can go whale watching. All. Every humpback whale in the north in the northeast is born and conceived in the Dominican Republic. That's a fact. Whoa. I didn't even know that. Yeah, in Samana. And they're all born and conceived in the Dominican Republic. Every humpback whale whale. I went to, you go to Samana, the Cascada de Yeah, in Santo de Limon, in Santo de Limon, yeah. So cool. You got to take like donkey, horses a donkey, on a crazy path. Oh my donkey. God. It was a nightmare. Oh my God. And you're on the, you go you're there. On the edge. You're on the edge. And I'm like, oh, and I, so the, the horses, like there's a cliff and the horse is just making a turn on it. And I'm leaning this way thinking I'm going to turn the horse. Of course, I'm, I'm, he doesn't feel me. And the guy, doesn't, the guy just says to me, don't worry. These horses have GPS. And I'm like, ah! Yeah, he said the same shit to me. The horse got GPS. I said, but what if this horse falls? Like he's like, oh, well, no, they know what they're doing. They do this every day. And ten minutes later, I hear this lady screaming in pain, and I turn around. She, the horse fell on her leg, broke well, her at leg. Least not off the cliff. Yeah, at least not, not off, off the, the cliff. cliff. Yeah, you're not really on the edge of a cliff, cliff. But you're, 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 no, you're crazy. It's, a it's definitely a precipice. You can definitely fall yes. and die. No, you know, no. There's some parts where you can fall and die. So I'll like, I'm good. I'm good with the. You horse. go with your All boots. Right. You can walk it. You can walk it. You can hike it too. You can hike it. <laughs> yeah, I'll hike. I'll they do give a good you, hike. They I give you the wellies. Exercise. They give you wellies, and you can hike them. Yeah. Now the Biden administration pushes for more U.S. Latin American trade. So seeking to lessen Chinese influence, we're talking about some major stuff going on between the United States and the Dominican Republic. President Joe Biden is trying to increase trade with Latin America, meeting he made he met with them on Thursday with head of Dominican Republic and Chile as part of the America's Partnership for Economic Prosperity Leaders Summit. 
designed to help expand U.S. alliances to counter competitors such as China and rivals such as Russia's dominance in global manufacturing. Very important information if you invest in stocks like I do. Also, Latin American businesses will increasingly have the chance to lead in new areas of clean energy. For example, helping create vertical supply chains by using locally extracted lithium in local battery productions. Mm. Super important information. They're also doing call centers now, so beware China. <laughs> China I mean, now beware uh, India because they're doing a lot of call centers in DR now. Call cent- oh, where they call you up and do no scans call center meaning like when you call you used to call and speak to India now you can call and speak and you're speaking to DR. Oh, okay. Well, that's all right. I just know that I'm going to start investing somewhere in there because yeah. this 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 is a whole thing of when you think about investments right now and chips and energy. That is a huge statement right there. That is how you make money in the stock market. Just saying. Um. Jason, do you know I'm, of this? I'm pretty bad with stocks. I put my money in a mutual fund, a um, Vanguard Vitsex. That's good. Like uh, four years ago. And it grew 10% every year average. Okay, that's good. So that's smart. I took it out. Um, I bought an apartment in DR. So they're building it, it now. Yeah, it's, uh, it's going to be done ago. maybe around March or yeah, April. So it's soon, right? Where, where is it? Naco. Oh, yeah, Naco. Naco. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like a real nice urban area in the capital. It's going to be good for Airbnb. It's a small one bedroom, but in a luxury uh, hotel condo. Oh, good. And what what I got out there for the price, you know, (laughs) you can't get nothing here. Yeah. For that. That's what I'm thinking. I'd like to buy because, I mean, I feel very strongly about that you don't own property in America. You lease it from the, you lease land from the government <laughs> because once you buy your house, you still pay, if you don't pay taxes on the land, they're going to take it for you. DR, once you bought the land, that's yours. Boom, that's it. It's yours. The maintenance is going to be like 125 a month or something. <laughs> you don't pay anything else. Yeah. Now, do what about the land in the DR, though? Do you own yeah, it? Yeah, that's it. That's what I'm saying. Once you buy the land in DR, you own it. You don't pay any taxes on it. You're done. I'm not still paying taxes but on this watch. What about the flooding, though? <laughs> <laughs> I saw, I'm sorry. I was like, sounds like such. But what about flooding? <laughs> yeah, it's the flooding, but it's not, it's not a thing. It's not. We had a flooding situation but that's like saying we had a blizzard you know it's like it's like saying you had a hurricane we had a it's a a flood i mean it's not i mean now in these days you people are moving based on what they think may happen because of global war yeah but i mean i'm flooding i mean we've had i've had the flooding isn't an issue in the sense that it was an issue now it's not we don't have a Mm. flooding problem in the Dominican republic it's like we have a hurricane problem but so does but so does all of the caribbean so the, we had a hurricane. We had hurricanes That's in true. New York City. I mean, so does Florida. Yeah, you live if you live near the ocean. <laughs> Just have options, Jason. And Jason, when that? <laughs> well, I think. <laughs> well, I, my my building's in the area right in the city, so I, hopefully the, that flood didn't. Yeah, and you're in a high rise, so you're good. Yeah, I I felt an earthquake last time I was there. Oh, but there hasn't been a real huge one like. California or anything. I'm going to go once your place is done. Uh-huh. That'll be my trip. Okay, perfect. Or Jenny, when you go the yeah, next I, time. Yeah, Monica was just you. down there. I know. I couldn't afford her yeah, trip. Afford her trip, trip was either. very expensive. Yeah, I, she sent that to me and I was like, what? Yeah, I couldn't afford that trip either. 
No. I was Where'd like, I go? love you. She, I don't know where she went. She probably went to, maybe she went to Casa de Campo. I don't know. But she went somewhere super, or Capcana. Maybe exactly. she went to Capcana, which is really. Airbnb, you can find something reasonable. Yeah, you can. I, I stay in the top area in the city right. and I'm paying like 70. Like, well, I get a discount because I do ads sometimes for them, but. For like seventy a night, you get a nice one bedroom apartment in a good yeah, area where you might get a hotel for double that. Whenever you're doing Airbnb to anybody, always pick a super host, especially abroad. Yes, especially because abroad. you never know. Because if not, they can give you a switcheroo at the last minute. They'll do. You want a super host? Yeah, I watch horror movies. Yeah. So, I've, so let me ask you this: What do you have to watch out for as a tourist? As a, someone who doesn't know the Dominican Republic, what should you look out for? What you should you be aware of? You should not walk around at night alone or even with people just in areas that are secluded. You shouldn't do that because there's a lot of atracos, robberies there at night. But it's relatively safer than New York for me if you know how to maneuver yourself around there. I find it safer. Right, be careful when you're driving. Um, make sure that you keep a proper distance because they love to hit you from behind and, and then jack you. And then there's no law. Yeah. And there's no lawsuits there. Good luck getting a lawsuit. That's oh, a problem. That's a big problem there. That's a horrible you're in a car accident. Oh, like, I've been hit three times. All liability is I tell everybody who go, who comes from here, there, I go drive as if all, drive knowing that all liability is on you, no matter what. All liability oh, is on you, the American. I, I've, I've paid out three times. Remind me to take an Uber when we're hanging out. A lot? Like, <laughs> I've been hit. No, like one time it was, I paid a guy a hundred dollars. Um, but he, yeah, but it was still the setup. And I was like, dude, what are you doing? Like he, they, whatever. And then the second time I, they took me, they took $200 from me because there was a child involved, but I'm like, you're on a moped without a helmet, without a thing. You're carrying this bit. You bump into me and I paid it to be, but the kid was crying. And then another time I didn't pay. In the set, there was a guy that had some backing up. There was a, a pickup truck, and they had those rods, the rods that you use for for building for, for building yes. the long, long rods. The the iron. fell off the truck. No, no. So as I'm looking in my rearview mirror, backing up, one rod is sticking out, but it's blending into the background. I can't. I don't see it because it's just one. It's mm. not a bunch of rods. It's one rod. So I just think it's like a tree bench. It's as I back up the car this year. Oh. And he comes up to me and he says, he goes, Ay, mommy, tan linda que estaba tu jipeta. <laughs> he said, How pretty is your he car? Goes, he goes, oh, baby, your car was so, was so pretty. <laughs> Look at my face. I was just like, mm-hmm. It, it was reminding me of my time when I grew up, well, not grew up, when I dated the Haitian and I didn't speak any Creole. And I used to always speak Creole around me and I used to just go, <laughs> <laughs> and they all would just they would laugh at me. It's so funny when you you know, I think every American should have that experience of going somewhere where they don't speak English because you'll learn so much about yourself. Well, we're the only we're the only major power that doesn't teach that doesn't force kids to learn another language. Mm-hmm. Like we're the only most Dominican kids who are in school speak. They speak a little bit of it. Not like Puerto Rico. No, no, that's different. But that's because yeah. it's America. That's different. Yeah. But like, but okay, I just came back from Spain. Everyone speaks another language. 
I was in Spain for a month. Everyone spoke English. Everyone spoke Catalan. Everybody spoke. Most of my Dominican friends that don't speak English, you know, my girl's learning it, but she works hard on her own to learn it. Yeah. Maybe they're maybe they're teaching the kids a little bit more now. Now, I know I'm not saying, but even if you, it wasn't part of the school, but people, a lot of people would go to the institute and learn English. You know, you have to go to the English institute. I know so many people that when I was growing up and I'd spend my summers in the yard, like, oh, so and so's going to the institute to learn English. So they're still making an effort. It's still culturally an effort to learn a language. Yeah, yeah, mm. yeah. I think it's better for a Dominican to learn. You have, you'll have more opportunities if you know English and you just graduated high school and no college than being the president of your class in college with no English. Like if you're fluent in English, you're going to get a good job at a good hotel or something. But all of a sudden, you, you're president of your class. My ex was president of the class, making like $300 a month at a bank or whatever. It, it's, you know, that's a pretty normal rate salary yeah. out there. Wow. So it's crazy. Now, speaking of Haiti... Haiti seeks mediation from Tony Blair in conflict with the Dominican Republic over the, they call it's the massacre river. What a name. Oh, and there's a reason for that. It has to do, there was a massacre during Trujillo that happened there. And, and Trujillo is our Castro and oh, there see. was a massacre and it happened along that river. So it's called the massacre river. No, a massacre of Haitian. Of Haitians? I think it was Haitians, by, yeah. by Dominicans. Trujillo killed a lot of Haitians, yeah. up, right? Yeah, Back in the day. What's going on with Dominican Republic and Haitians? Do they not get along? It's hard to share an island with the people who oppressed you. Um, oh, Haitians oppressed the Dominicans. Right. Dominican Republic has had two independents, one from Spain and one from Haiti. So we live, so I'm not justifying it, but I'm explaining where some of the animosity and some of the anger and some of the innate and inherent hatred comes from is from that so we freed ourselves from haiti but we still live next door to dominicans um declared their independence right from spain around 1821 i think uh i think it was november and like three months later haiti took over and um, for like 22 years, and then the War of Independence, like 1844, Dominicans got it back. But I, I think it's more to do with being the de devil's advocate, like on both sides. I don't know. I don't know a lot, a lot about the history. I just know a lot of Haitians live in Dominican Republic, and a lot of the Haitians I met are really nice people. And um, and a lot of my Dominic, like my my girlfriend, the person that kind of takes care of her house, Haitian or daughter. I mean, they're such great people. They love each other. Yeah, I agree. So, I miss my Haitian boyfriend's family. You do? I still, I still talk to the family. I miss family. my Haitian boyfriend's family. Oh, I miss his family. Like, I think about his family every year, every holiday. Like, because the fam Haitians are very good people. Like, it's just the same down. island, and it's a very yeah. uneven. It's like they have, they seem to have the worst earthquakes. They just have, you know, so it's, and then Dominicans are hustling their ass off too. So they're, they, they, you know, they're not making, there's a lot of poor Dominicans out there. So to have they, the last thing they want is people coming in and taking, taking their work also. But I, I notice they get along in the country. They seem to get along well. Like I see a lot, I, you know, if anyone, if someone's trying to say like, maybe like, like Haitians were maltreated there and they're not at all. Not that I've seen, I, I see Dominicans and Haitians getting along, but it's just, everybody's hustling out there, you know? Well, this conflict between I mean, I was the Dominican out the Republic yeah. and uh, Haiti centers around the irrigation canal construction on the Haitian side of the Massacre River. And in response, the Dominican government has temporarily closed the borders, later re reopening them with certain restrictions. In a related development, 
Haitian municipal authorities in um, Waena Mendez have reportedly decreed a ban on the entry of products purchased by Haitians in the binational market of Dejabon. So I guess there's Dejabon. 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 It's a border. So I guess it's it. The reason I put this article in because it's sort of. I am noticing this thing where everywhere in the world there's a border issue (laughs) and it's mirroring. It's, it's kind of like, I know this is a different conversation, but it's kind of like you see what's happening in one place. It starts to happen in a different part of the world as far as like dictators becoming presidents or really right. Like in the Netherlands, they really, they just, voted of right extremist person in charge of the Netherlands. So I wonder if in the DR, if there's any of that that you see specifically when it comes to the border, do do you see it, Jason? Maybe you don't uh, see I it. Think that, well, I don't know. I, I, what's happening with this, with this, because I've been talking to my dad a lot about this particular issue. Um, so, I mean, my, my answer is going to be biased based on what my father told me. Put the mic closer so we my, can hear oh, you more than oh, Keith okay. in the background. Yeah, so you can hear me more than Keith. Um, yeah, tell him to shut his trap. Marina's you only got like 15 trap. more. <laughs> we only got like 10 more minutes. Come on. We, we already have him on an episode. We don't need him in the background. <laughs> we don't need you in the background. You already had your episode. Okay. <laughs> he actually said he's good. sorry. <laughs> <laughs> he was really good. He behaved. I was, oh, I was good. Oh, really I, good. Lo- I love go, it go when ahead, he's Jay. good. Um, yeah. So good. apparently, this river. So imagine the Hudson River being divided between New York and New Jersey, but only three feet is in New Jersey of the whole Hudson River. And that's the problem. Only like only like a little tiny corner of it affects Haiti and they want to control the whole river from this little corner. So it seems, according to my dad. Mm. I don't know. But I, I don't extremist I, I don't Wasn't I don't see an agreement because, in nineteen I don't see an extremist because like Jason said, uh, the Dominican people and the and the Haitian people actually need each other and they, they work with each other and they work together. So I don't see a control the UN wants DR to absorb all of Haiti and the the U the Dominican Republic doesn't have the resources for that. So I can see some pushback there with the border because of that. There's a lot of anchor baby things happening, which happened in the United States. People having babies in DR to have Dominican citizenship. Same thing people have kids in America to have American citizenship. So a lot of that is happening. So there is a little bit of pushback with with the border car crossings, but I do put a lock on it forever. I don't think it'll ever happen just because we have to coexist on this island. There's no other where to go. Yeah. It's um it wasn't the wasn't there some agreement in the nineteen twenties or something legally where they're not supposed to build a river there? Or not supposed to take a build a canal. Yeah, I, I don't know. Probably. Like, I think it's kinda of an illegal action that's happened. I don't know. I could be totally wrong. Um the uh, and then there's also they built a wall. There's like a wall there, right? That which, fell. Which they no, that's a wall that fell on the during the storm that fell and killed okay. nine people. Yeah. Um. There's a wall, right? There's a muro, right, Jen, between Haiti and uh, 
DR? But where? Some sort of wall. Where? There, I thought they did built it where it was like they built it 30 meters more on the inside of DR. So then when the Dominicans go outside to do something on the side of the wall, there's still 30 meters of space. They're getting like stuff taken from and everything as if it's not their land too. Like they should have built the wall on the edge of the border. Oh, so they created they wanted the, the, they wanted the, like, the military to police on the outside, but it should have been more the wall there. I went to Dahaba on the border. Yeah. I was there a couple of months ago just to go. I wanted to go to the market there and I wanted to film. And um, I got a video right there on the board. They're like, don't go past this area because this, this, this might get kidnapped or whatever right here. Oh, thank God you knew Spanish. Yeah. Yeah. And what if uh, you didn't, would they have been able to tell you? He would have been fine. Uh, I probably wouldn't have been there if I didn't know Spanish. Like it's all the Tigre Bacana wanted to see the whole country. We were doing a tour okay. everywhere. Yeah. A lot of people knew me at Dahabon too. A lot of the Dominicans knew me, security knew me. And then, so, so I was filming and, uh, and then like a week later was when they closed it. When I remember they closed it from no one could go back and forth. That happened like right after. I haven't even posted those videos. I posted the one with me right there, but not the videos with me with the people and everything. That was like in early was October, right? Right when everything was happening. In early October was when that. I, I, I don't remember the month. Okay. I just remember like a week yeah, later. They, yeah. They, they closed it. Yeah. I think this is just a great conversation that we're having because we rarely, you know, I always think of the podcast as being very to open to conversations of people of color. And I feel like today really nails it <laughs> because I don't get to hear about the Dominican Republic and all of the stories. And it's so important to know about every nugget of the world so that you understand like what's happening here is happening. It's like in New York City right now, this migrant situation is happening everywhere. It really is. It's like people, the world is, sh people are moving. People are shifting. People need places to live. And we've got to figure out a good way, a good process. Someone has, has to figure out the best way so everyone can mirror that. I do want to go on to like George Santos because I just think it's a story we have to cover. It's so fun. I mean, like finally this guy is out of office. He was expelled um, upon his exit, people began fast fan casting for the Santos biopic, dreaming about all the reality shows he can now participate in, like network show House of Villains and coming to the sad realization that we may never get someone as fun as Santos again in the house. You know, he was a pathological liar, a former drag queen, a far right reactionary, a devoted husband. That's a strange thing to put put in there. Uh, disgraced. We don't know if we should put devoted in quotations. Disgraced politician, diva, scoundrel. He should be in jail. His face should be printed on our money. Uh, all this hype, however, is somewhat surprising considering all that congressman has or hasn't. Oh, I see the hype about him. Like it's it is a weird thing. The reaction has been like I'm I'm wondering if people aren't understanding like. In my view, the joking about him, obviously we're comedians and we'll continue to joke about him, but it hasn't helped us. Like, um, he's a very Trump-like character. And these characters do quite well in politics. So I guess I'm, I, I, my question to you all is, do you think it's, do you think we should continue to talk about this man or should we just let him 
disappear into what do we do? Like, because I feel like now he's like kind of a, like a weird martyr of idiocy. Well, I, I, <laughs> I, I love that point of view. I never thought of it that way. But I also think that it should just give us license to investigate more people, I think, because his stuff is we're talking about it because it was so blatant. But there I mean, I hate to, to stand up for the guy, but he's right. There are people in there in Congress that have worse crimes and then a bunch of other stuff that we should be looking into and be expelling. So why aren't we looking into him? I think we should just use him as a catapult to, to look at everybody. Clean house. Yeah. I don't I don't follow him a lot. I mean, I don't. I'm so not. Yeah, me too. I w- I've also been I've been out of the country for a moment. I just know he's a pathological liar. He's probably straight. That's how much he lies, you know. And then he's he might go from being a politician to a reality star as Trump went the opposite route. Yeah. Well, they say Gen Z thinks he's gone, but never forgotten. I say forget his ass and use it as an example of what, like you said, Jenny, like there are people like Trump, like will Trump ever be held accountable? We we need to live to see it. I hope Um, we live to see it. I I don't uh, know. Doesn't feel like he will. Yeah, I don't think so. Santa's just just when I hear about it, just I think of the the guy that killed Versace. Ah, Conanon. Oh, Andrew wow. Cunanan, Andrew Cunanan, yeah, Andrew. The way he, he played it in that episode was like he just seems like he's one of those crazies. Yo, yo, that's so true. So I think this is a good place to to leave it. I do want to ask you. <laughs> uh, I do. What's the future for LT? What's the future for LT? What is the future for El Tigre Vacano? Not bad, El Tigre Vacano. I don't know. I, I don't know what the future is. I'm just moving forward and enjoying it at this point in my life. I'm just going to, uh, I'm writing a, you know, I'm writing a movie about my life, a comedy based on the truth, but it's obviously it's going to be totally fiction. I don't know when that's going to be finished. You know, we all talk about we're writing a movie and it never gets done. I plan on finishing this. Um, it needs to get done. I'm just going to keep pushing it forward, try to make, you know, the foundation huge and try to, you know, make this this a very powerful influencer for that country, positive influence for Dominican Republic. And when you were speaking to Jen about comedy and DR and, and like how I found my niche and everything, there's not a big comedy circuit there. There's one comedy club there. Comedy's just becoming kind of real comedy there. Like, you know, for years it was kind of sketches on TV shows or people doing stock book jokes or whatever. But now people are doing real stand up out there. There's a select few comics that are really doing it out there. There's probably under 20, definitely under 30, I think, that are really doing it. So it's a small circuit. There's no money to make really doing stand-up there. And for them, for Dominicans that are already getting paid low salaries there, if you can hustle, make 100 here, 100 there, like four or five times a month, okay, you're making your living as a stand-up in DR. I want to I wanna merge it because I'm still a comic in English. Like that's my talent I've been working on constantly for forever. And I, I do, you know, I still doing 20 to 40 shows a month. So I feel strong as hell as a, a comic in English. But Tigre Bacano is what I love. It's just something unique that I created. And it feels good. You know, like when I was doing the black comedy circuit, it felt cool too. There weren't that many white guys doing it, whatever. But I, I, there, was only, there was a level, there was a, you know, that I couldn't pass. There's really one comic that blew up from that circuit, Gary Owens. Oh, that's right. He's the only one that became like a kind of a movie in the movies. Now he's kind of Bill Burr did the circuit later on. Bill Mm -hmm. Burr was already an established comic, 
Bill Burr, I remember seeing Bill Burr on the train once and um, he, uh, he asked me, he said, yo, I want to do the, I want to start doing the black rooms. Do you have any advice? And I'm like, um, yeah, just be yourself. Cause you're already like a great comic and you're just going to, Oh wow. I thought do your it, thing. Oh, and before okay. you know it, he got on the Apollo. Maybe he did it in the past a couple of shows, but this is a true story. I wasn't dreaming. I said, just be yourself. You're already like an established comic. You know, you're going to rock. You know, in my head, I'm thinking, great. He's already like big in the mainstream. Now he's going to take my spot in the, in the black <laughs> circuit too, which, you know, and then right away he went, he said, okay. And then, and then like within like months, he's already rocking rooms and he got the Apollo like before I got it. I was like, God damn it. I've been wanting to do the Apollo <laughs> forever. But, you know, I had to respect it because I already respected him. I already thought he yeah. was a great comic. So it's like, I knew he was going to go. If he just had to make that choice to do it, there's a lot of comics that can do well. It's not like a magical thing to do have a good set with a black crowd, but it's a different it's a different animal, You're right? Doing that yeah. that circuit and doing that, it's just um, I think you if you have one, you could be yourself. You just one two good catering opening jokes. Rich Foss, you know, he did. Oh yeah, he's, he's not Foss. a star like Gary Owens. He's not in movies and doing everything, but he's a successful comedian. In right? his head, he is. Yes, <laughs> right. But I just mean that made it like star <laughs> level. That, that made it star, star I'm joking, level. Obviously, but star yeah, level. Rich Foss is a legend, right? Everywhere, yeah, right? We do have to leave it there. Um, Jenny, can you say one thing that the Dominican Republic does for the Christmas holiday? Tell our listeners where they can find you. Okay, well, this, you can find me on Jenny Saldana because I don't put. Tilda's on websites, JennySaldana.com. Please find my book, Master First Data, Second to None, available on uh, Amazon. It's all about all bad first dates. Um, and with Dominican friends like us, we can have pernil for Noche Buena, <laughs> which means roast pork for Latinos celebrate Christmas Eve. That's our Christmas. We don't celebrate Christmas Day. So we call it Noche Buena. So for friends like us, Dominican friends like us, we can have pernil for Noche Buena and not feel guilty. Mm. Yes. Master first date or second to none available on on. Amazon. Ooh, congratulations. You. Yes. We got to have you back so we could talk more about that book and your one solo Thank show, you. which is excellent. Jason, where can our listeners find you? Well, you could find me on El Tigre Bacano, all social media. I gave up on English on uh, social media. So it's El Tigre Bacano. I mean, the spelling will be on the podcast. We'll show it. E-L is the in Spanish. Tigre is T-I-G. If you look up E-L-T-I-G with no space, the whole word should pop up. And make sure Jason Andrews is on there. So I'm going to start a fake page, Jason Andrews Comedian. It's not my page. It's, there's no hardly any following on that. It's just like, but that's not the one to follow. So E-L-T-I-G, and then it's U-E-R-E-V-A-C-N, a long word. If you just look up E-L-T-I-G with no space, you know what I'm saying? It should pop up in the top like five pictures. With friends like us, huh? Con, con amigos como nosotros no necesitamos amigos como ellos I love yeah, it I love it I love it I said with friends like us we don't need friends like them oh I love it yes Marina Franklin here just 
Go to my website, marinafranklin.com. Don't forget, on December 16th, you can see me headlined at the City Winery here in New York City at 7.30 p.m. It's a great thing to do for the holidays. It's a great location. It's a great space. The City Winery's got good food, good wine. It's a good time. And I have Onika McLean. She's opening for me. She's going to be doing that show. So come and check that out. And with friends like us... You can find out so much about the Dominican Republic that, you know what? I may buy a home there. What a great idea. Let me tell you something. Both so much. uh, Oh, go ahead. No, no. I just interrupted your great flow. My bad. No, no. I'll I'll just say, uh, uh, go ahead. No, say what you're going to say. I was going to say, they're building a huge train from Punta Cana, Santo Domingo. Might be done in three three, uh, years or something. Like a billion dollar project. So you can go within you know, like an hour from the capital to Punta Cana. So you want to go right to the tourist area beaches. It takes about almost three hours to drive and an hour train ride. So it's uh, to invest now, I think it's a good idea. All right. You've given it to me. Thank you, Jason, because I was going to go to Vermont. But screw that. No. <laughs> check, check us out. out. That was the best check us out ever. Thank you. <laughs>